Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is steps to effectively enabling business transformation to earn a partner status for IT. Well, so IT has always tried to be an enabler for business transformation and many other initiatives, but not always it is seen, IT is seen as a partner. So what's that secret recipe one can use? Is there a playbook one can use to effectively enable that transformation journey to earn that stripe of an IT partner? To discuss this, I have with me Leonard Brinson, Jr., Vice President and Chief Information Officer with South Jersey Industries. Hey, Leonard, how are you doing? Good morning. How are you doing today, Sanjay? Very good, sir. Very good. So, you know, as, as I already said, the stage that a lot of companies have a lot of initiatives going on and IT does play a very critical role, especially in today's day and age. Now, and then not, not many companies have this status of a partner. So let's come to your uh, scenario, your company scenario. What triggered the very need for business to feel, uh, feel the need that they may have for a transformation which required intervention and IT taking the charge. Okay, well, um, I joined the South Jersey Industries in uh, April of 2017, and I was I joined as the first CIO. And when I doing my interview process, the the leadership let me know that we were looking to grow the business. There were targets that we had out there in terms of target profitability we want to achieve. There were instances where we needed to do things a little bit differently, and they needed a partner in the IT function to get there. And at the time that I joined, the partnership was not as solidified as we hope it is today and the work that we've done. So one of the things that they thought in that time was bring a CIO on, put a new process in place, look at our technology, determine how it can help us advance the objectives of the organization to where we, we hit those strategic targets that we were after. So the leadership of the company saw this. They decided to. Uh, honor me with the opportunity to be the first CIO of SJI. So I took the role as the new CIO, came in and looked over the organization and identified opportunities for us to transform IT, which in effect impacted the transformation of SJI. Because IT, as you so, as many people already know, we play a very big role in this. We're in the background of basically everything that a business does. And the way you get in the role and the way you do it is important. The partnerships that we're talking about, IT going from an order taker to a partnership. When I got here, we were an order taker. We took orders. We did things. We never ex- we never put ourselves in a position for partnership. And so we had to do some things differently to get there. And I'll be more than happy today this morning to talk about those things. When I first walked through the door, when I first looked at everything, the very first thing I noticed was we did not have any connections with the business. There was no one on the IT team that met regularly with business leaders to understand their needs and their desires and things that they needed. At the same time, as an IT function, we were focused on just keeping the status quo. There was no creativity involved, no innovation brought to the table, no ideas being generated because the team seemed somewhat not empowered. So I took the opportunity to start a process. The first thing we had to do was transform the IT department. We had to go from this just keeping the lights on group to this group that could look at technology, look at our business, and make recommendations to our business users on how to do things differently. We changed telephone systems. We changed internal network environments. We, we went to Office 365. We began transforming our technology And then we showed the business how this new technology could enhance things that they were doing to improve the way they operate, the way they service their customers, the way the operational groups work, the way information flowed through the company. And so that's the kind of direction we started going when we took off. And we started that journey. We started building relationships with the business, having 
having periodical meetings with business leaders, just to first build relationships, to grow relationships, to understand who they were and what they were doing and how they worked and how we worked and how we could partner to make objectives. We did a better job of understanding the business objectives, what a business functions are trying to do, what the what the customer service team is trying to do, what the operational team is trying to do, what the sales team is trying to do, what the marketing team is trying to do, what technology we can bring to play to help those functions perform much more effectively. We started having conversations with all those leaders. We found out there were things that we needed to do better on our side, what technology we need to bring in place, what infrastructure changes we needed to make. And that's how we evolved ourselves into this new place we are today but we are slowly becoming much more partners with the business. We talk about the next strategic place. The CIO is now part of the leadership team. So we've evolved and grown ourselves to that place. It's been a lot of fun going that way. So this is a great rundown. Uh, The start of your journey, I'm sure you did a whole lot after you kicked it off. Now let's get to the brass tacks and when you get started, right? So you come in, you show them a vision, they buy into the vision even before you join the job. But once you come in, they're skeptic because <laughs> IT hasn't delivered, right? So yes. with that said, something has to happen where they say, here is my checkbook. Don't totally go overboard with it, but make the investment you want to make. And if you're going to clean the house with an IT for which you want to do the infrastructure, what's that's going to buy me? What is that going to buy me as a business? Because IT for the sake of IT doesn't go very far when you go and try to get funding for that. So let's start there. When you walk in into the company with all the promises that you've made, what were the first set of things that you did where the business started slowly, but surely started believing in what you said, because you were still an unknown entity coming in into a rather disappointed organization where IT was not looked upon as highly as you want it to be. The first thing that I did was I introduced myself to every associate in the building. I personally went around and shook hands and introduced who I was and what my role was. And if they needed anything to call me, I opened my door for everybody to call me with needs. That was the first thing. The next thing I did was I got with the IT function and we looked at our technology. We looked at where we were in the whole technology life cycle, what technology we had. We realized in that conversation we had opportunities to improve the technology we had in-house. So I refer to it as we went from the 1980s environment to a 2020s environment. We brought in things like Office 365. We replaced the email system with the Office 365 environment. We started that process in terms of rebuilding how we IT operated and how we changed ourselves. I had meetings with my IT team, town hall after town hall, explaining to them how they had to operate differently. We had to be a different person. We had to answer questions differently. We had to seek, we had to, seek to be understood before we could provide any recommendations. We had to understand what the business was doing. So we took our effort and we began a process of learning what business groups are doing and why they're doing it step-by-step, organization-by-organization till we eventually begin to understand what they need and we could pick technology and say, hey, use this piece of technology. And we started demonstrating on small scales things like creating Power BI dashboards, things like giving them email on their cell phone, things like allowing them to plug in anywhere with Office 365 and get their emails and work. Those little things that we did, which are really common in the place, began to show the business that we could deliver. Because as I told my team, the way to build credibility is to deliver, 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 and then deliver again. That was key to our transformation as an IT organization. Then we got a bit lucky. I say lucky (laughs) is that the organization did an acquisition. We acquired a gas company 
And we had to, <laughs> we purchased a gas company, we brought it into our rings, and we had to build the entire IT environment for that gas company. When I say entire, I mean everything from the infrastructure, the company we bought it from gave us no IT assets. So we had to construct all of that. That journey allowed us to demonstrate our skill set and our deliverability, our ability to get things done. Once we started delivering, 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 we got business leaders who started offering up their strategy and what they wanted to do. And then we started partnering with them in that conversation I said earlier, where we started building those relationships, we created partnerships. And now we have partners. We do things in a partnering way, as opposed to what we were doing when we first walked in the door. So this is like a, a, a paradise that you painted for us, right? <laughs> you came in, you started working. Those guys were waiting at the very uh, entry door with a check in, your, in their hands, like business guys, and you got it and everything went smooth from there. I don't think so. And I'm sure you don't think so that happened that way. So tell us a little bit about what did you do when you come in, when you did come in and you said, I want to put Office 365 and Power BI and all of that. What questions did they want answered? And what, which of your answers really hit the nail and you got what you needed? Well, and I think that's a great option. Let's talk about the transformation of Office 365 into the firm. When I joined... I just came at a time that we were going to update our exchange. And before we updated our exchange, I stopped the project and asked that we do an evaluation of Office 365 and list out all the benefits that we thought we could get from Office 365. And then we took it to the business. We outlined the, 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 the benefits we could get, right? Here we can give you Office 365. You still get your email but you can get your email on a platform that you can plug into it anywhere you want to, anywhere around the world. You can get access to your emails and you can respond. So now your connection from an email perspective is there. We can put it on your phone. Ooh, we've been using cell phones a lot, Leonard. Yeah, if you, now you can get your email on your cell phone. So we demonstrated those capabilities, show them a picture of how they can make it happen and show them obviously how much it was gonna cost. Then they brought into that. So we brought in Office 365. Then I brought in a team of people to help the transformation from the exchange world to the Office 365 world. We walked with the business through that process. Their, their learning was our learning. And we put that tool in place and it became successful. It took a while for it to become successful. If you take someone's email and you put it in the cloud and no one told them what a cloud was. So if something goes wrong, they call you up and say, why did you do this to me? I had a lot of those, why you do it to me conversations with business leaders. Eventually people started seeing the benefits of Office 365. Then we started extending it out to SharePoints. We changed the way people start communicating. We changed the way information was being shared. Then we extended out to Power BI. We showed them how taking, instead of getting paper, paper reports, they can get reports on their system. It's available to them on their screen. They could click into it. We stopped printing as much. We eliminated personal printers. We went to regional printers. We started showing savings and benefits from that single tool implementation. Then the, the business leaders start having a level of confidence that we knew what we were talking about. So from there, we started doing other things. We started changing the way we operate as an organization. And we started to deliver, deliver, deliver. But the key in my, the jumping off point was that first implementation of Office 365 and walking the business leaders through it, showing them the advantages that they can get from this new tool and how it could help them transform their business, help them get information in ways that they've never had it before, help them share information in ways that they've never shared it before and the benefits from the overall for the organization. So when and you try doing right. all that, uh, uh, Leonard, your IT was to be also cleaned up, right? Because yeah. not only the technology part where you had to pull out of the 80s and get them to become modernized, but I'm sure the staff, 
they may also be skeptical because something similar may have been tried or not at all. So there's a people process technology of the IT side of the house, which had to be put in place. And also you had to mentally prepare them for the, the journey ahead of them. How was that started? What challenges did you face? How did you overcome? Because now you can look back and you know, be proud of it. But what, what, what happened? Yeah, then? and, and I, I, that's a great question. I remember the very first day I joined the company. You know, you join a new company, you come in and the HR team has this process that they want to take you through. I broke away from that process and said, we'll do it again. I went down to meet the IT team. When I walked through the door, they didn't really know who I was, <laughs> but I walked by and said, good morning to everyone. And they were not looking up. They were not engaging. It was like, wow, what do we have here? So what I realized was I had to get the IT team to increase their engagement with each other and the confidence level. So I told, I, I had town halls with the IT team and I explained to them how they had to operate differently. I wanted them to be more creative, more innovative, more entrepreneurial, take ideas and run with their ideas. And I know you're going to fail. I know it. What I want you to do is when you fail, come talk to me. We'll discuss the failure. I'll pick you up, I'll clean you off, and I'll put you back in the fight. I got your six o'clock. So that seemed to be a theme that we started carrying. Literally had your six o'clock. So people started thinking innovatively. And then what we did to make them understand the implications of their innovation was we did an innovation tracker. We tracked every innovation that we delivered to the business and how it saved money. The team expected to only save $1 million in a year but their innovations end up saving $5 million. And they begin to realize what I can do, what my ideas could mean to this company. And they also had, an, we had to create an environment from a leadership perspective where we welcome ideas and we take those ideas and we see if they would work. And if they failed, we, we thank them for the failure, but we learn from that, that failure and we move forward. So we reform the IT team to be more creative more interactive, more engaging, more innovative. And they start pushing that innovation out to the business partners. And they start doing innovative things with the business partners. So today, innovation is going on that I hear about after the business implements it because you don't have to run it by me before you can implement it. So we created this new environment and this new sense of ownership for the individuals in IT. And that ownership kind of blossomed itself across the entire SJI family. So that's what we have going on. So given the way you've again described the way the idea transformation, you've, you've shown the beautiful state. When you come in and you pull out chapters from a leadership book, people just don't follow. Yeah, because they right. may be skeptical. They may be keeping their head down. They were not even talking to you when you said good morning. You're now, right. So, so from that, self-centered or fear-driven or whatever that flavor was sitting there, what techniques, what messaging, what change management approaches actually turned that team around? Because what you're telling is a transformed state, but I'm sure listeners would be interested in learning what triggered or what made that happen. So here's what I learned. I was in an office. I I left my office every morning Every morning I visited the team and we talked about themselves, about their families, about the work that they're working on. We started creating relationships and they, I got to know everybody on the team. And in those conversations, I mentored. I told them things that they needed to do, how they could perform differently, how they could learn from each other. I worked with my leadership team as well and I gave them direction on how we're going to engage our team to do more. So it really was, I had to get out of my office. I couldn't sit in my office and send emails and expect things to happen. I literally had to go meet with people, sit down with them, understand what they're doing, understand the challenges they have, the anxieties they have, and how to resolve those to help them know I was their support mechanism to help them move forward. I was their cheerleader. Some people might think I cheer too much for the IT team. (laughs) 
but I was their cheerleader. I was that guy who was going to help them get it across to sell that idea. Then I illustrated to them and I was help them build those relationships. How do you build relationships with business partners? What do I do differently? How do I stop talking IT and talk business? So we had those kind of conversations. And I literally did that with every member of the team. It took us a while, but we got it done just in time for the acquisition to kick off. And when the acquisition kicked off, all their ideas and their capabilities started blossoming and they got a chance to really demonstrate their skills and engage with new business partners. So one question I have here is the way you transformed is you kind of built a subculture, right? Within IT. Yeah. You had to almost insulate it from the other culture, which is not yet transformed into innovation yet because you had to prove yourself. But people are in the same company, even though you came as a leader, what was that you had to do to allow the subculture to develop number one and also not let any, not negative or toxicity, but the non-innovation style culture might, which might already be there at a company-wide level. How did you build that cocoon, if you will? So one of the things I did was I, along with the getting out of my office, I had ongoing team meetings with the entire organization. We call them town halls. And in those sessions, I talked to them about the successes that we've had and the failures. And we then, in those sessions, dissected why something failed and what we learned from that failure so we wouldn't do it again. At the same time, we then started reaching out and we started inviting partners into some of our sessions so that we... So first we did it ourselves in our own little area. Then we started engaging partners who were open to new ideas. And then they became some of our cheerleaders outside of IT. So we kind of like built this group inside, learned about ourselves, got better in ourselves. And then we slowly engaged partners who were supportive and we helped them be successful. And then they started telling the story about us helping them be successful. And then that kind of evolved and snowballed through the organization. So the first effort was spending intense time with the group, helping them understand how they could get better at what they were doing and how they could illustrate the benefits of what their work was to their business partners. And then bringing their business partners in and helping them lead. I think one of the best things I think is the Power BI deployment across this organization. We've gone from a real paper-based organization of looking at reports, printing out reports to everything is in Power BI and it's constantly evolving. And the business leaders now are even evolving that, that process because they've learned from us how to do things differently. And they're bringing ideas to us that sometimes blow us away. So we found that we got creativity going through the whole organization by building ourselves that way. So one is that you taught your own team, the IT team, to learn how to fish versus just feeding them fish. So they become autonomous. And to some extent, you could do that along the way because you were controlling the parameters to some extent, right? They were reporting to you. But then when you talk about business unit leaders or your executive management, you can at most influence them. And that influence is also in its infancy because you're just getting started. What did you have to do over and beyond communicating with them so that they learn how to fish? What you're telling me is that they have now learned how to fish because they're trying to do innovation, come up with ideas, even try to get things going. What was that shift? Because that is not only about <clears throat> that those people feeling motivated, but they also have to learn how to think differently. You're almost making them a student of transformation so that they can continue to evolve and transform as the, the business changes. That is a, quite an academy you have to put together for it to happen. So what, what did you do to transform the business guys? What, what we ended up doing is, and I want to go back to, as I mentioned, we started creating these relationships in the early part. We, we created what I refer to as second hat relationships. 
directors and senior leaders plugging in with senior leaders in the business and then listening to them about things that they wanted to do. And the idea was taking ideas that they had and making and implementing an idea that they had. So not an idea that I brought to you, but an idea that you brought to me and then showing you how we have technology capability to implement your idea. And then you have to have, uh, I would I say, guts enough to let go of the technology. As an, you know, an IT people, we like to like, we like to hold on to everything. And when people do something from a technology perspective outside of our space, we refer to it as shadow IT, like that's a bad thing. But we had to, in some cases, let shadow IT blossom. Were you now thinking to bring IT in, but then later on we would capture that IT and engage it in and support it from our perspective. So we empowered business leaders to have ideas and even identify technology that they thought might help them. They brought it to the table and then we took it and we helped mature that technology to where it worked better. We gave them capabilities and they learned how to do Power BI by going to sessions, by talking to other groups outside of SJI, and they learn how to leverage that too. So now they're leveraging it more than we are. We just kind of like started them on their way, let helped them walk, and now we're letting them run on their own. So it's that's what you have to do. You have to, you cannot control every aspect of the technology. That's what IT teams like to do, but you got to let that technology blossom and let the business control it so they can provide you input. You can build on what they think. You can grow it. You can make it better, but give them an idea. And then in other cases, you have to literally take one of their ideas that you didn't think would work (laughs) and execute on it. And if it worked, thank them. If it didn't work, help them understand how you can make it work. So you can't always be an IT idea. It's got to be a business idea that we embrace. So we did some of that work as well. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages and continue on this path of the execution journey Then Leonard and his team went on. And what is it specifically, uh, the learning they had and revelations they had along the way? And if they had to do this all over again, what would they do differently? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN. CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, you know, so far we have covered quite a bit of your journey, Leonard. Now let's retrace and at each juncture from the very beginning, if you had to share the learnings and revelations, things that you learned, things your team learned, things that the business learned at each stage of evolution, could you take us through that? Because those will be the nuggets that our listeners can perhaps use what to do what not to do what to say and what not to say everything has an impact so how about we going in all four ways at each stage what to do and what not to do well so uh starting off when you first enter an organization the first thing you need to do is introduce yourself to everybody and let everybody know you are open to conversations with them You have to fit them in. You can't maybe get them all in the same day, but be open to hearing from them. Listening to people is important. Understanding what their issues are and what things that they need and they would like for you to address. And then be honest about your ability to address them. If you think you can address them, great. If you don't, 
tell them you can. If you think there's going to be, you're going to be some time before you can get to it, let them know that. Work with your assistant or others and help keep track of all those ideas that business leaders and others gave you so you can make sure you follow up on them. It's kind of like one of the things I've learned I had to do. If I started all over, I would keep that list. I would have someone else help me keep that list because there are a few things I missed along the way that I wish I didn't, but I learned how to catch up with them later. But that ability to listen to people and hear what they say and track back and show them how you responded. And sometimes your response is going to be, I can't do that or we can't do that. Be honest with people. I think that's kind of like one of the keys that I've learned through this process. Then people are people. They want to learn. That's one of the things I learned about the IT group. They want to learn. They, they want to learn and they have great ideas and they want their ideas to be heard and they want you to give them some value. So what you have to do as a leader is listen to those ideas and help people foster and mature their ideas and give them a chance to bring that idea to fruition. Sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not going to work. The other thing is to get a team to go from not being innovative to being innovative is support. You're going to have to have their six o'clock. They're going to make mistakes. You've got to accept that process. It's not, no one's going to be 100%. Make sure that you know you want them to get to 98%. You'll take the 2% and you'll cover that up and you'll clean that up and figure out what we have to do about it. Go back and do it all over again. But you want to give people an opportunity to fail. It's a funny thing to say. So you can learn from So they can learn from it and you can learn from it. The other thing is if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done an acquisition six months in, but that acquisition allowed us that you have to take advantage of every opportunity. You literally need to start thinking about everything. We did an acquisition six months after I joined. That acquisition allowed us to illustrate the capabilities of IT across the organization. And when we delivered on that acquisition, it was clear that IT had matured and became this new world. So take advantage of every opportunity that you're given. Some you're gonna be successful and some you're not. The other one is to let leaders and others know when it, IT may not have the answer for your problem. Uh, we always think we have the answer, so we have to be honest with people. So those are the things that I learned right off the bat that I'll share with you that you should consider as you make this, this, this journey. And remember, it is a journey. It's not going to happen fast, but you're going to do it. And by all means, one thing I learned in this effort was, and this is kind of interesting because for me, when I was growing up and in, in, in growing in, in, in my career, I've always wanted my leader to let me have an idea and let me run with it. So I took a step back and let my team has ideas and let them run with it. Sometimes they're successful, sometimes they're not. But then I used that effort to show them how successful they were if they were and where they had faults if they had faults. That was helpful for our team to become a different team as well. And people start believing in themselves. Then the rest of the organization start believing in IT as a place that we can go to get help and support. So now we have a better attitude and a better perspective from across SJI. So that's kind of like what I've learned. Now, that is good for the team. And when you spoke with business unit leaders and your executive management, did you try different ways to manage sideways and up or leading sideways and up? Any learnings there? Uh, okay. Now, this has always been, um, I think, the biggest challenge that we all face is, is we think we need to lead differently because there are leaders out there not leaders. They're learning about technology like we're learning about technology. So what I've noticed with the leadership at this organization is they are now engaged. They bring in ideas to the tables like everybody else. They, they have an expectation like everything else. They're now sharing their strategic expectations and where they want to go with IT more readily. So that is happening. And that opening that up and laying out a vision of where we're going to take IT and how we're going to support their businesses has helped 
from the business side. I've also learned that you have to create relationships with those business leaders, just like you, just like I was talking about. We had to create relationships with business leaders from an IT perspective. You have to create personal relationships with your partners in the business. So they know you and you know them. So you can be honest about successes and failures and things that they want and things that you want. So I find myself building new relationships across the entire organization, like I did with my IT function. So now that I know a lot of people and I know what they want and they can call me up and ask me for anything. And I can call them up and ask them for anything and get an honest, and you want an honest view and you'll get an honest view once you build those relationships. See, when anyone goes through transformation, one is, of course, you coming from uh, the vantage point of IT, you say, okay, I'll help you maximize the potential of IT and help you get going there. Now, when you look at transformation, it also has an underpinning of the kind of processes that you're running. If you have a, a kludgy process or something which is not sub like it's optimal process, then when you put IT on top of it, you're just compounding the suboptimalness of you, if you will, if there's a word like that, which means you got to go and say, guys, I guess we need to do something at the foundational process level. And as soon as you say something like this, you will invariably see the business leader, especially who've been running that function for a while, they say, who are you to tell me how to run my process? And you have to get them over it fundamentally get them to see it objectively, be ready to transform at the process level. And then subsequently IT comes and makes it even better by leveraging technology wherever possible. I think that is probably one of the biggest challenges that everybody has across the organization is this, it's my process and you can't tell me how to improve it. What I, what I try to do with, with leaders and business leaders, especially in this organization, is let them know, we think we can help you optimize or improve your process. And these are some recommendations that we have. And then I try to find places where those new processes are being used so they can see it from a different perspective. You are right. It is, it is complicated for an IT person to walk into a business organization and say, you really need to change that process before I apply the IT to it. Because if I apply the IT to it, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting IT on top of an unoptimized process. That's a difficult conversation for you to have, but you've got to build those relationships to where you eventually can have those conversations. I think we built a relationship here in SJI from an IT perspective that my IT team can have those conversations. I can have those conversations, but it was a journey to get there. You've got to be honest with people. If you think the process is not appropriate or it needs to be improved, you need to put your recommendations on the table and have a conversation about it. And then you need to be honest if your recommendations aren't the right ones. If your recommendations are the right ones, it's a team process. If they're not the right ones, then it was I made a mistake. So that's the kind of way I've been working it to get people to engage in these conversations and improve their processes. And our team has been working to get organizations to improve their processes. So did you warm the business leaders by going for lunches and whatever else that you had to do to build a relationship, to bring them to a point where they're at least able to see the warmth in the relationship developing and they open up to even having you share any inputs that you have? Or did you bring it to a point where you intrigue them enough for them to ask you for advice? Hey, Leonard, tell me where we could be doing differently things and then you opened up. What, what was your take? Did you go? Initially, initially, yeah. I think the lunch route, the, the getting, the, the building relationship to understand who they were as a person allowed us to, for them to learn it. I'm just trying to be honest about what could be best for SJI. Then eventually you'll find out if you do that enough and you build those relationships, people will start asking you, what do you think we ought to do to make this better? And then if it's, if it's optimized the best, some of the best information you can say, I don't see a way to make that better. Or if it's one that can be improved, this is what I see. These are the things that we can do. And then when you make a commitment that something can be done, the important part is that you deliver to that. But you start by building those base relationships that you have to build no matter what. 
the lunches, the walks, the, just the conversations about what you're trying to do as an organization. And then you get into providing your advice and your and what you think they ought to do to improve. And then eventually they will start asking you questions. I, I get a lot of questions now, a lot of requests to see what we can do to make things better. And Did you have to ever seek help off a third party? Because sometimes if listening to an insider doesn't move the needle as much, but getting an outside consultant or anyone else who would say not exactly the same thing, maybe from a different perspective would light the bulbs. What I did a lot of was I used, uh, I used Gardner and Hackett right now to help me with this external perspective. But at the same time, I use peers and other organizations. Like I connected with a lot of CIOs from other gas utilities to understand what they're doing and how they're operating. And then I used their organization about, oh, this, this, this utility is doing it this way. And this is how they turned out doing it. Or this group is using their call center in this fashion. Or this group is using Office 365 this way. And you bring those illustrations to them. Other ones was I took leaders to sessions. Like I would have Microsoft come in and talk to them about things that they've done with Office 365. Or I'd have IBM come in and say things that they did with Maximo. Or Oracle would come in and talk about things that they did with CCMB. I started engaging the business in those conversations. And then they started having ideas about how they could leverage those tools. So that's another way that you can get at the same kind of conversation. Talk about risk. Talk about risk. (laughs) Because uh, I'll tell you why I bring this up. Very important topic in today's day and age, right? So the more reliance you create on IT, you also open up the possibilities, and especially the kind of sensitive infrastructure side of things that you handle, like as a utility. Risk to that could be uh, fatal, not fatal per se, but very, very disastrous for the organizations or the constituents you serve. And risk and security are things which no one can today come and claim that I have my organization risk-free or security-free. And since you're coming to transform and you say, I'm going to have you use more and more technology in what all areas possible, then they in a way start also seeing you as the one owning the risk of anything going south. What did you do from an organizational design perspective for your IT? And or did you bring the risk department come alongside with you so that they allow you the freedom to put the technology in place without ever be questioned that, okay, is this going to make our organization more vulnerable? Essentially, how did you go about handling risk management, whether or not you were responsible for it? Uh, I think that's a good question. One of the things that IT people need to be focused on is that there is risk in what we do. Excuse me. Sometimes we think technology is just, we're just going to implement it. Everything's going to be fine. And we're going to allow you to have access to this. And we're not exposing the data and that kind of conversation. So what we have tried to do is we engage with the risk organization. As a matter of fact, within my IT function, I have a, a team that's called my compliance group. And that group is focused on all the risks from the SOX, from just the application risk, from the development risk, from the risk of delivering the ability to, to, to turn that around. So we partner with our risk team and do those risk evaluation processes. The other thing is we track our performance as well, right? We have to make sure the application, if I subject, if I subject the organization to now having Power BI tools, right? That means I got to have Power BI up and operational so they can do their business. So now my up and operational risk is I have to keep that running. And if there's a problem, I need to create a relationship where they know I will let them know if there's a problem, if there's a risk, there's something that we have to do. So what we do now is we do risk evaluations on everything we do. We outline what we can do and what mitigation solutions we're having in place, and those are ready to go. At the same time, in every IT department today, we are a cybersecurity organization. And we're constantly sharing with the company where we are from a risk perspective. We have a cybersecurity dashboard that's available in a Power BI setting that anybody can go to. We have a dashboard that shows how our applications are up and operational and which ones are not operational and percentage of when they've been going up and down. We keep all that information front and center 
so the business can see that we are still delivering and we consider the concerns and the issues that they have. Because look, we're dealing with 700,000 customers. They don't really care <laughs> if Leonard Brinson and IT team had a problem. They still want you to answer that telephone and respond to that issue. Uh, we have a, you know, we're in, a, we're in the gas business. We have a leak line. It's up 24 hours a day. The telephones have to be up 24 hours a day. If they're not up, up 24 hours a day, we risk an issue around risk, around leak management. So we have to keep all that together and play a focus area. And we have to measure that on an ongoing basis and every day to make sure we're getting there. So that's kind of like what we're doing now. We have a whole group that just focus on making sure that IT risks are being managed effectively. See, the traditional mode of running an organization was focused on stability. Innovation is the new age mantra that the only way you survive is you keep changing for the better. But then it also cannibalizes stability or it can cannibalize stability because you're always shifting things, which means you either build a bimodal approach, which is you got a set of people focused on keeping the things stable and the other people keep doing innovation, but still anytime when you put a change in, you introduce risk, you introduce some instability, which will further eventual over time stabilize. This will keep going. And now let's bring into picture Leonard, the leader who made the original transformation happen and then taught both business and technology workers how to fish so they are fishing and they're fishing like there is no tomorrow because now they're excited. This requires governance. This requires not only governance when Leonard is the leader, but also as you win a lottery, Leonard, and you move on. The organization should continue to innovate. It continues to deliver reliable and stable services, and it's able to bounce back from any upheavals that may happen. What have you put in place or thinking of putting in place? And how are you planning to evolve your governance structure? So all of those good things that I mentioned happen on a regular basis, even after you've left the place eventually. I think that's a, a great question. And it's one that I did get a chance to think about along the way. So here, here's what we have in terms of governance within the IT function. We have an IT PMO in place that manages basically the business operations of IT and ensure that we're working on the right projects and we're doing them the right way. Additionally, we have an IT run function with the leader who's responsible for making sure that the network is operational, the phone system's operational, the applications are running, and all that's working. But at the same time, you your point is valid. What happens if I get lucky and win the lotto. What happens if someone else on the team is lucky and wins the lotto? So behind all of this, we've created a succession structure and a training structure to prepare the next leaders who can come in and keep that going because we are never gonna be doing this all the time. So there have to be a whole group of people. So part of my responsibility as a leader is to make sure that the directors and the vice and the managers and the supervisors in IT understand how to be leaders. So we have literally a leadership process where I, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with all my leaders to help them start growing their leadership skills so they can fall in and there's a succession structure. So if someone leaves, the next person, it's the next man or next woman up, step in and keep moving. So that's the way we have to keep going. It took some time to kind of get that process in place, but we have that streamlined structure in place across the organization right now. What we have going on also is the relationships that we build with the business leaders. We put in business relationship managers now who now engage with the business leaders on an ongoing basis. So now it's not just the IT leadership team, there's another group. So we can keep that process moving forward. So we looked at ways to keep things going forward and position people to be the next person up to take over and keep things going. So that's kind of like what we put in place right now. So if you had to think from the very beginning and your different milestones, I'm assuming, and I'm sure you would have had milestones for you to evolve over this period of time. If someone had to come up with benchmarks 
of getting success at each level, cumulatively for you to get to the level where you are, what should be the basis of creating benchmarks? I think that the first benchmark you want to get to when you walk into a situation like this is you have to get people to own and take accountability for tasks and and things that they're accountable for. You got to create an accountability structure and you got to teach your team that they own that and they have to take ownership. And you put leaders in place who, who are willing and able to be accountable. People know they're accountable and that they get rewarded for success and they get educated on failure so they don't happen again. So you got to keep that process going. I think we've gotten that in place and we're doing that right now. We've got to get better at it. There's still more work to be done, but that accountability structure is in place. So my teams now are excited about their ideas, but they're accountable for delivering for their business partners. And so they're always working with their business partners to make sure that things are better and things are getting better and they're improving. I don't have to be that on the ground coach as much as I used to be. My business, my, my leadership team, the IT leadership team, directors are doing that type of work. So that's the kind of way we've evolved this organization. So that's where we are right now. All right. One last question. One minute for you or less. If you had to fix one thing in you as an individual, as a leader, after having gone through this much journey, which will help you become even a better leader, what would you do? If I had to fix one thing in Leonard is while I, I am eager to listen I need to remember what I heard. I got to spend more time keeping track and following up with my partners. I sometimes am running so much that I might miss something here or there. So I've found a way, a process that I keep track of all the things that I need to do. And so I can circle back and follow up. My follow up is not as good as I want it to be. And that's the one area I think it makes a big difference when you follow up and you do the things that you tell people you're going to do. So that's the one area I'm getting better at every day. Once again, thank you so much, Leonard, for sharing your insights and thoughts about how an organization, the IT leaders within an organization can work together with business to effectively enable business transformation. And in that process, also earn the stripe of a partner. Thanks so much again, Leonard. It was great. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed. Got a few nuggets. I got myself too. We'll try to be a better leader like Leonard and maybe be able to build some good transforming companies out there. Please connect with us on social media, subscribe to our podcast. And once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.